Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, Commanders fan? Welcome back to another episode of the Believe in Commanders show. I'm Anthony Armstrong, the original 13. I'm Brian Murphy himself. All the way down there. He's hairy again, y'all. He's letting his hair grow out, beard back full. I'm, I'm jealous because uh, <laughs> this is all I got in 40 years of work. Just a little something to cover my chin. Uh, Brian, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. It's getting hot. It's, it's time to clean it up, going to the beach in a couple of weeks. So I'll definitely clean it up. I've just been lazy about it. But uh, all things are good. Uh, excited to talk some football. I know we're inching ever closer. I guess we're about a month away from training camp, and that's always fun to see what this team, what the commanders are going to do, what's going to happen across the league. So I'm just itching, getting ready for, for football to be back. Yeah, buddy, it's right around the corner. And we've joined by a special guest, a uh, friend of the show, been on the show before. We got Mr. Adam Aniba of the Burgundy and Gold Report. Adam, how are you doing, sir? I'm good. You know, it, it's it's a hard being. It's a slow time for, you know, football news and sports in general, all sports news. But I feel like, you know, going into camp, you know, this team has a lot of intrigue right now. So mm-hmm. I, I think there's a lot to talk about. It, it's definitely one of the most exciting off seasons in recent memory. It is definitely exciting. It's, there's a lot build, a lot of buildup right now. You know, it's a lot yeah. of anticipation behind that Week One matchup against the Arizona Cardinals when the Commanders kick off uh, to start this 2023 season. I'll ask you right now before we get to talk about our sponsor. Should just one quick answer: Should the Commanders be on Hard Knocks this year? What do you think, Adam? I think so. I've been years past. I would have said no, but I don't know. I, I, I think, you know, the Jets have probably the most intrigue with Rodgers, but I think yeah. next to them, Washington, you know, we have a lot. I think Eric Bieniemy, man, that, that's must-see TV, so I would yeah. love to see it. Yeah, I'm, I'm torn on it. I personally say no. Uh, Brian said... I, I was I was a I sat on the fence. I was like, yeah, I don't really want them to, but don't get me wrong, I'd be tuning in every night if they are, so I'm okay either way. I think I saw something that the Jets are prepping yeah. for it but you know you never know until it actually happens yeah that's the truth but i don't know i don't know what the odds are we spoke about this before they may not be on bet online yet but you can hear about the sponsor from bet online brian go ahead and let the good folks know about bet online yeah bet online is your number one source for all your betting needs and they bring you our show and all of believe network so we appreciate those guys get the latest odds lines and matchup reports for baseball boxing golf and more Bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting in your favorite casino and card games. You can go play some games there too, right from your own phone, tablet, computer, whatever it is. So head on over to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BLEAV, believe, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Where it starts. I know that the over-under on Commander's wins for 2023 was set at six and a half. I personally took the over, Adam. If you had to just put you know, 50 bucks down on it, are you going to take the over or the under on that six and a half wins? Yeah, I'm going to take the over. I can't see how it's a step backwards from the last two seasons. I think this is a better roster. I think you add enemy in. I think uh, Howell, you have more competent quarterback play, more unknown. But I think that's good for at least two, three wins. So, yeah, I'd have the over. Okay. See, a man is positive. I'm with that too. I, I took yep. the over. I think Brian took the over. Um, yeah, th- schedule's not easy though. No, it's not easy. But but Ron Rivera, you can you can criticize him all you want to, but he has kept this r- just below 500. Yes, and he was 500 last year. But seven has always kind of been the floor for him, and so I can't imagine them doing any less than that. So, based on my limited math skills, seven is over six and a half. 
Yes, it is. Yes, it is. You'd pass the test, get you moving on to the next round. It's kind of like, uh, what's that movie? Billy Madison. Man, <laughs> yeah. throwback. If you don't know Billy Madison, man, go talk to your parents, and then they'll tell you all about Billy Madison. But let's get talking about this Commanders football team. Uh, recently, Adam had a write-up. He was talking about Commander safety Percy Butler and his involvement in that Buffalo nickel that Jack Del Rio, Ron Rivera are uh, they speak so highly of. I mean, it's all so much, a whole bunch of content out there. I went and looked at some previous uh, podcasts breaking down some of that Buffalo nickel earlier today. Um, I want to know from uh, from Adam, since it's your write up, do, do you see that Buffalo nickel kind of replacing the need to have a third linebacker on the field for the Commanders? Yeah, I think it's going <clears> to <throat> put a lot of situations where there's going to be a single linebacker out there based on, you know, the personnel that they're going to have. But what makes it interesting with Butler than, you know, compared to years past, he's more of a traditional single high guy, but he also has shown, you know, his ability to cover the slot. So what do they do? They went out and got Quan Martin in the second round. So it's they have a plan to upgrade this position. And if I think if linebacker was as a priority as a lot of fans think it is we would have seen you know that action in the draft i think what you're seeing is they're building up the de- defensive backfield to have everybody interchangeable you know you can see with forrest butler even curl um so when you add in a guy like juan martin to the mix you, you there's just a lot of possibilities but butler what i think you're going to see like the, the kind of Derek forrest type year because i think his strength and ability is in that single high area and i think what that's going to do is automatically it's going to let curl you know guard the tight end you know play that spiral but i think Derek force is interchangeable there and that strong safety free safety as well so i think with percy butler it's a little more clear cut i think with the buffalo nickel than we've seen in years past because i think no question they want him in single high situations i think be a small percentage that he would be closer to the line but i think expect to see this type of formation with these three safeties out there at least like over 60 65 percent of the time this year because i think del rio has found something I called him a dinosaur in the past, but what he's doing right now, uh, it's showing his strength to, you know, playing, you know, not just passing offenses. You look what the Eagles do, you know, the kind of personnel that they're going to march out there. These defensive backs curl. I think, you know, even if they did get more, more linebackers in the draft, free agency, curl plays that position where you can play close to the line and really lay the wood. So I don't think you're losing a lot. That whole idea of, you know, who's calling the signals for middle linebacker. We saw that interchangeable. They'd had, um, um, Davis do that last year, curl mm-hmm. do that. So I think you'll see a more, more of that situation because Cody Barton, the, the free agent pickup, I'm not sure you're going to see him playing, you know, 50, 60% of the snaps. I think he's yeah. more of a body this year. Okay. Brian, you got a question on that one. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, and it's probably something that we, we're all thinking of. You mentioned it. It seems like kind of with the tight end on the offensive side and, and linebacker on the defensive side, I think us fans are more worried or more, uh, you know, think that they need an upgrade at those spots. But really, I think it's just kind of based on their usage. Tight end might be a little bit different. I think they have some in-house pieces. But do you think they add another linebacker? Is there somebody to add? Or is it kind of becoming like, I don't know, for lack of a better term, like basketball, almost positionless where they can use defensive backs as linebackers. Is that where Percy Butler comes in? No, yeah, no, I, I think that they they like what they have in Kaliki Hudson, just everything that I've heard. You know, again, they signed Barton, you know, they give him a huge contract, but enough money to be a guy that, you know, is going to see some significant snaps. Um, and then Jamin Davis, I think there's a lot of, 
people aren't really talking about how much he's going to be on him this year. I think yeah. he, you know, in order for him to get, you know, a fifth year option down the road, he really has to show up. He has to be more than just a guy. And what I think you're going to see them do with him, I, I you know, if I go back to watch, you know, the last year at Kentucky, you know, although he has ability and coverage, man, he can rush the passer. So right. I think with young still being a question mark, you know, I'm expecting, you know, I'd like to see them get a defensive end because there's a few guys out there, a few veterans out there that be in that five, $6 million range. But I think when all said and done, you know, as soon as the ownership change, Curl's going to get the new deal. I, I think you'll see him in the range of the four years, 60, $65 million. I think he's really important for them to lock up and they know yeah. it. So once they get that going, you know, you're going to see that guy all over the place. I think, you know, early OTAs, you know, you've heard a lot of him playing position drills, but he's been there. He's been there during OTAs. He's been there. Anything. So those are the kind of guys that get the deals for, for Ron Rivera. But um, I really think that the whole linebacker thing, they're going to maybe, you know, a couple weeks of the season, if it's really, you know, glaring need. But for me right now, I think who we see is, you know, for the most part, you know, who they're going to have on the open and uh, 53 man roster. Yeah, with that growth of Kaliki Hudson, um, that's going to play well. I mean, you know, if they figure they can get something out of him, and I'm sure he's at a, a cheaper price tag yes, uh, than, than what's going to be out there on the market. And and frankly, I'm not mad at it. And with all the versatility, uh, where do you see Quan Martin? You know, off air, Brian was saying that Quan Martin made an all, you know, predicted all rookie team. Uh, yeah. You know, how, how, does, how does he fit into the mix? I mean, so far, I mean, you got to think, you got Kendall Fuller. Right. All right we're, and we're throwing in corner. You got Fuller and St. Juice. Then you got to figure Forbes is going to get some action. Then on the back end, you're looking at Forrest and Curl. Oh, yeah. You got Quan Martin in there, too. And then Percy Butler. I mean, did I say him already? No, I got to throw him in again. So that's like yeah. seven or eight. Like, how, where do you see these guys getting action on the field? Like, how, how, did, how do they work Quan Martin into this mix? I think Quan Martin is the, you know, definitive slot corner. I think although he, you know, he showed last year, Illinois, you know, he can play that single high as well. And actually he can mix it up, you know, we, we move to strong safety if need be, but he's going to be one of those utility guys. But to start the season, I really think, you know, it's his job to lose for that slot corner. Uh, Benjamin St. Juice and Forbes, I see them kind of, you know, going in and out for each other early on. I think Fuller's going to be that one position. They like him over there. Uh, St. Juice, I think is a very, you know, it's a matchup situation, but I think for the most part, they want Forbes to play a lot. And I think Quan Martin, it's the same scenario. They want him to play a lot, but it'll be interesting with Percy Butler being able to also cover the slot, you know, what they'll do with that. But from everything that I've heard, you know, he's one of the, he's probably, if not already the best slot corner on the team. He's just physical, has the speed, you know, just really fluid backpedal. And they really like what he can do. The physicality is big. I mean, yeah. you, we, we already know that it's a, it's a pass happy league, but you look at the NFC East, you got Tony Pollard, you know, the hell of a running back. He can run the routes and he can take that sucker to the house. You've got the Eagles, who frankly run the ball a lot. You, know, you talk a lot about their receivers, but they had a trio of running backs. Plus, Jalen Hurts is going to run the ball. And being able to have a Quan Martin closer to the line of scrimmage, being able to have Jamin Davis spy right. uh, against those running quarterbacks. Look, Daniel Jones, yeah. he had a hell of a year. He used his legs a lot. So, being able to be close to the line of scrimmage, uh, not tipping to to the uh, to the offense. Right. You know, yeah. to, to, the teams are so good now. I mean, they watch hours and hours of tape and they'll look and see, hey, if we get in this personnel grouping, they're going to match uh, right. our tight end up with a linebacker. We love that matchup. I mean, you know, we pick on Bostic. You know, like if you see Bostic matched up, they're <laughs> like, hey, check right there. OK, but now if you got a Quan Martin who can stay on the field first down, second down, third down. 
is it a passing situation? It could be, but he can still lock up. If it's a running situation, he can still get active and he's not afraid to hit. So um, the versatility is big for me. I, I think it's it's one of those things where you can get in trouble by trying to do too much because you're like, I have 100. Oh, we went to a place in Sedona. Um, it's called the Coffee Pot. Didn't go. Um, somebody suggested somewhere else. But they had 101 different omelets. Mm. I'm not even a huge omelet guy. And then, I, frankly... You know, I wouldn't want to get past page or number 10. You know what I mean? What are you going to do with 101 different omelets? Not knocking the coffee pot. You ain't going to eat but one at a time. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I, I similar similar thing, and I say this to my wife all the time. I get overwhelmed with how much TV there is now, all the streaming, all the platforms. It does make you a little worried that can they – if you get overwhelmed with all the options that you have, like you kind of said, Jack Del Rio is kind of maybe not boring. Maybe, maybe that's rude to say boring or, or a dinosaur, but uh, he's traditional. At least you just yeah. hope that he doesn't get overwhelmed because he has so many toys for the first time. But I, I have to believe that he will take advantage of this. You know, maybe he didn't get too crazy because he didn't feel like he had those pieces, but it feels like he does this year. I think you're onto something, Adam. I was just kind of looking up there. Jamin Davis has four sacks in two seasons. So you got to imagine that they can probably wrinkle in a couple more blitzes. Um, Quan Martin did, didn't only had one sack in his college career, but then you look, he's got, he had 10 and a half tackles for loss as a corner. Right. I mean, that seems like a lot. So it, it seems like if there were a year that Jack Del Rio could get a little more exotic, it would be this year. And I'm kind of excited to see what he does with it. Yeah. And also keep in mind, you know, talking about the hard schedule, you know, facing, you know, a Kyler Murray less Cardinals to begin. And then in Denver, you know, Sean Payton and Wilson, that's going to take time to get going. So sure. during those, you know, beginning part of the season, that's when you, you talk about a lot of things to roll out, things to try. And I think that really plays in Washington's favor because I think that little stretch right there, that's going to be huge for the season, especially how the offensive clicks, you know, how the defensive backfield is clicking because there's a lot, you know, a lot of new pieces going on. I think Anthony's on mute. Shoot, I muted it over here. Ah. That's a rookie move. That's two today. Got to put a quarter in the jar. Yeah, for real. (laughs) Uh, The time in training camp is going to be key. The time in those early preseason games, hopefully, I don't want to wait too far into week one. Hopefully, they can find some sort of an identity. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, now, mind you guys, when you look at the games in preseason, you're looking at the most vanilla, bland, ain't no salt or pepper added to it. They will add a random wrinkle or two into one of those preseason games. It's just to put it on tape. Yep. All right. It's not what they're going to base their uh, defense or offense on. So um, I really hope these guys do click and, and and get together. That's why I really love that Cam Curl was in town. Yeah. I love that he was around because just being in the building, you can at least you can see it. You can see somebody else do it. You give the young guys some some tips and advice. I'm sure he's in Percy Butler's ear. Okay. You know about about what he's seeing and. And how to you know handle things? You got to think these guys are going into year three, year four in the same defensive uh, scheme, same defensive staff. There should be a lot, uh, a lot of up, uh, up, uh, upward movement. Mm-hmm. Is probably the proper term. A lot of growth. I, I'm excited for what this defense can be. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And and I, I think, uh, tell me if I'm wrong, Anthony. In a situation like this, kind of speaking about the preseason is. 
are the coaches, yes, they probably want to see who they've got, obviously, but is a lot of that time that those guys might be out there together, is that to see how well they communicate and how well they gel, or is that part of it, or, or what are you gaining from, from training camp and preseason as you're adding in new guys, kind of coming from a f- former player? Man, everything – they pay attention to everything. I, 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 you'd be remiss to think that they, that the coaches aren't doing that. I, I go back to when I was playing my second year, when teams were really paying attention to the fact that I was taking the top off, I would be in a lot of positions to do exactly that to free up space for Fred Davis. Right. Mm. And, and overall my impact on the field, you could tell it had an impact on the offense. There were more holes or it was easier to throw it deeper because I was affecting so much. Right. So in training camp and preseason, they're going to be mixing up the lineups. I, I guarantee, you know, whatever the days that the, the media goes and they're going to report who's the starting defense that day, you're going to see different people plugged in on that yeah. secondary just to see what does this matchup look like with Forbes and Forbes and Martin and Fuller, you know, and, you know, so they're going to mix those things up and you do want to see how does the communication work? Are people responding well to, you know, Cam Curl calling the plays or Jamin Davis, right? that stuff makes a lot of importance. That's a lot. Uh, it's like, a, uh, it's not the X's and O's side of it. It's the, it's the, the emotional side, the, um, the communication, uh, being able to gel and you're going to find a set of five guys that you really like rolling out there together. Um, and everybody else will kind of fit into their role, but it's, it is about finding that unity and, and gelling and finding what's going to be the best way to move this whole group forward and have some success this year. I got a question for for both of you guys. Maybe we can kind of tackle this as a as a team. Let's say we're we're in week one. Let's fast forward. Everybody's thankfully uh, healthy. We got a full defense. Let's say, assuming the Cardinals don't line up in some wacky personnel with five wide receivers, but you know, kind of their base offense. Who's your base defense that is starting week one? first play of the season because it sounds like I I, I, let me give you some time to think about it for a second because when you were talking it kind of sound it kind of reminds me of a of a baseball lineup right you know if you got a left-handed pitcher going you're probably going to move your left-handed bats down a little bit if you got you know uh if a guy's hot you know coming out of the preseason let's say maybe you put him in the lineup to start to kind of reward him I'm just curious what you guys think is going to be the lineup who's going to be out there uh, for the starting 11 on defense. I think, I mean, the, the front four is probably a pretty given, right? Payne, sure. uh, Allen, and Young, and, and Sweat, right? But I, right. I guess maybe more the linebackers and, and, and secondary, if you guys have any thoughts there. Hey, I'm going to ask real quick. I know this is an important part. What's the personnel grouping? Is that like, is the offense uh, in three wide? Are you assuming just three wide, one running back? One yeah, something in? something pretty basic. Yeah, okay. yeah. All right, let's go with that, Adam. Three yeah, wide. Yeah, You're expecting three receivers right. uh, plus a tight end. Yeah, see, th- 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 I, I saw a stat that there was something like less than 15%. They were even in their base 4-3. So, you know, throw that out the window. I think the whole idea of the Buffalo nickel, nickel anyways, that'll be what they're coming out with. Now, the question is, you know, is it going to be 4% juice on the other one side? But I think Fuller's got that locked down. And then you talk about, you know, the matchup in the slot. or if, if they're moving around a receiver or is it just, you know, their standard slot receiver, will they have Quan Martin over there? Or is that the opportunity when it's more in the Buffalo nickel that they'll have, you know, Percy Butler in? 
being able to have Cam curl in with uh, Jamin Davis as, you know, the guys that are, you know, guarding against the run, you know, the short, the slants, the comebacks, things like that. But uh, to me, I think that that general lineup that I just gave you, that's the most likely, you know, again, with a couple cornerbacks and safeties interchangeable. But for the most part, I think the most moving parts we'll see is probably among the DBs, uh, the, the front four, I think. Chase Young, how he looks the first week is going to be huge because uh, I'm I have a guy like KG Henry beating out Two Hill. Um, I think that Two Hill is kind of really one dimensional guy. KJ Henry has a huge opportunity right now to get in this rotation. I think that guy gives you you know a guy that can you know get in between the tackles you know a little bit smaller than the other guys. Yeah. So I think that they'll we'll see some movement up there. But as far as having Payne and Allen playing, I think it was ninety plus percent of the snaps, nearly ninety percent. I think that's got to change. So I think yeah. you'll see guys like you know Ridgeway, you know um, Will Mathis, you know how far has he come back? You know it wasn't a, you know full ACL tear. So we'll see how that goes. But I think for the most part, it's going to be pretty simple. Just it's going to be a lack of linebackers. I think Jamin Davis yeah. he'll be there sixty plus percent of the snaps. But as far as the rest of the linebackers, expect that to drop below thirty percent. Okay, all right, I like that. I like all the extra information with it. So yeah. you got a lot of you got a lot of evidence with his. Um, for me, my starting lineup, I, I got to take that same front four. Obviously, we know that those guys are going to be there. Um, I'm, you know, I, I don't want to get into the fact that I think that Arizona would probably lead off with either a short pass or yeah. some sort of a run. But uh, I say that you're probably going to throw Quan Martin inside. Um, I think that you're going to get. Because they got Marquise Brown now, but I don't think they're necessarily going to try to match up receivers outside. Right, yeah. I, th- I think that having Colt McCoy uh, being out at the quarterback position is going to make it a little bit easier, per se. You don't necessarily have to try to match up or worry about Kyler Murray running. And I think that's going to be a thing, too. Yeah. I have to pay attention to that. But give me Quan Martin. Give me St. Juice. Give me Fuller. Uh, give me Forrest and Curl. So a pretty yeah. basic-looking lineup at the at the secondary, knowing that they'll be able to throw somebody else in there easily. Uh, linebacker wise, assuming Jamin is healthy, I, I got him out there, and I figured that you're going to see Cody Barton early. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if you know Kaliki Hutton Cudson stays on that same trajectory, he'll probably get some rotation often. Um, maybe in some you know, some situation to spell Barton if he needs to go ahead and uh, cover somebody in pass, so, uh, pass protection, or pass defense. So I didn't hear Emmanuel Forbes a whole lot. So do we think that he is out there to start the season? technically as a starter or yeah. or is he kind of a rotational guy as he gets his his feet under him man i think i'm leaning on the fact that it's going to be i feel like him and st juice are going to end up rotating right yep. st juice has, has had injuries over the past couple seasons right i mean it, and maybe it was just the past season they were just kind of reoccurring you know, so his his availability is going to be in question, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they say, hey, let's rotate St. Juice out a little bit, put Forbes in here or there uh, just to get him some some action. I don't see Emmanuel Forbes not getting on the field in week one. Um, and sometimes that, you know, initial first snap starter, you know, is can be simply one time. And it's not right. saying that Quan Martin won't play again. Um, but I, hell, you could see Cam Curl bump into that linebacker position, and then they have to bring in Emmanuel Forbes, and so right. that's where it's just so many moving parts, right? Is it, it, will Emmanuel Forbes start this year? Probably not, but I do think that Emmanuel Forbes, my my, uh, my laptop went to sleep. Uh, I think that Emmanuel Forbes, he may not start this year, but I think he's going to get a lot of activity. Okay, you'll see him often. Eventually, if he starts. 
It'll be probably because somebody got injured or his play has just shown out so much that they feel that they really got to get that guy on the field. Yeah, it, it seems like a, a perfect spot for Emmanuel Forbes. I mean, he, he's got another d- young defensive back to kind of learn with in Quan Martin. Plus, he's got some young pieces around him. Plus, we know what the, the front four is. It kind of takes the pressure off. And and you might say, well, then why do they, they waste that pick? But I don't think it's a waste. I, or, I'm not saying that, or I'm not saying people are saying that, but it could cause you to question then why do you take Emmanuel Forbes if he is kind of a rotational guy to start? But I think it's just going to allow him to learn from some of these guys and realize where his spot is. And I think it's encouraging to see that not only is Emmanuel Forbes expected to, to, to be a contributor, but then you've got young guys. You've already mentioned, uh, Adam, you've already mentioned KJ Henry. We've already mentioned Quan Martin. So it makes me excited about the future. And it just seems like there aren't many wrong answers, which is uh, always a good thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing to be in that situation. And you bring up these young fellows. I think they're going to have a lot of impact this year. So I came up with this little question. I wanted to ask each of you, and I give my point here, and I have a couple of scenarios to see which one we think would be most likely to happen um, and which one would get FedEx screaming the loudest. But out of the three defensive rookies, who do you see making the most noise or making the biggest impact early on in the season? Do you think it's a Quan Martin? Do you think it's a KJ Henry? Or do you think it's an Emmanuel Forbes? I'll start off with Brian Murphy. What do you got? Um, I think we kind of talked to, talked about this a couple episodes ago, Anthony, but I think that Quan Martin is going to be uh, between the two defensive backs and kind of like what we're talking about is going to be the first guy to really make a flash before Emmanuel Forbes. Not saying that he's better necessarily, but I just think that flexibility is going to allow him to, make some sort of play. So I could totally, I'm picturing uh, Quan Martin falling on a fumble in yeah. week one or two in a big moment. And uh, he being the first of many of the rookies and many plays happening this year for the young defense. But I think Quan Martin makes the first flash play. Okay. I like that. Adam, what about yourself? I think, think of Jahan Dotson, like what kind of, you know, that stretch he had with, you know, all those uh, touchdowns early on. I think you'll see that with Forbes. I think he's going to be opportunistic. You know, I'm calling, you know, he's going to have two interceptions in the first four weeks. I think it's going to be his key to just stay on the field. I think we talked about in the beginning, him and St. Juice will rotate, but I think it'll be quickly evident, Uh, you know, Forbes will take his lumps. But I think that we'll see quickly that, you know, he's going to be the starter. They'll bring in St. Juice for sub packages. But although Martin, I think he'll see probably a lot more time um, on the field in the first, you know, half of the season. But uh, by the time we start to get to the midseason, I think, you know, Forbes, you're going to see him in the majority of snaps. And it's just going to be his ability to make turnovers because I think what that front four, even front five that they're going to be able to do is get a lot of tip balls. I think, you know, everyone talks about what Young's impact going to be sacks are a great number but i want to see more tip balls because that's going to lead to turnovers you know they were 13th overall in defense but 28th and 29th in back-to-back years in turnovers so forbes opportunistic i think you know he's going to shine right away it's probably i think you know in in the running for you know defensive rookie of the year i think he has that kind of impact Ooh, i'd love to hear it i'd love to see that i would love to see all of those things happen um so i wrote down a couple of scenarios and I'm going to run these out here. I'm going to try to be as dramatic as possible. Um, and, and we'll see if, if I'm rubbing the, the crystal ball here and I'm trying to envision what's going to happen in week one. Okay. Tell me which one do you think is most likely to happen? Which one do you think is uh, uh, probably going to get FedEx the loudest? So week one, uh, big down, uh, Emmanuel Forbes will have his first pick six. He's going to get, uh, get Colt McCoy early on, continue on what his success was in Mississippi state getting a pick six in week one. What do you think? 
I'd be I'd be all for it. Sign me. I mean, you mentioned FedEx rocking. I think with the sale, which we haven't even talked about, I think that place is already going to be rocking. And then if their first you know pick in this new era uh, of post Dan Snyder is is running back to the house on a on a on a big play, man, I I please sign me up for that. I'm with it. I'm with it. I mean, you're looking at the receivers uh, out there. Not a whole bunch of big names for the Cardinals. No shade, but not a lot of big names. Obviously, they just got rid of DeAndre Hopkins, so you don't have to worry about that guy. Um, You got to deal with Marquise Brown, and you got Colt McCoy, who's coming back to Washington. Doesn't have the biggest arm, and I would assume that the quickness and the twitchiness of Emmanuel Forbes would allow him to get a pick six. That place would be jumping uh, it would be loud. It'd be raucous. It'd be another sonic boom going on up there in the D.C. area for sure. Uh, here's another one. All right, here's another one. OK, so uh, we were talking about we already talked about Quan Martin. I won't use him just yet. I'm going to go to K.J. Henry. I'm thinking that Chase Young is going to be in some sort of a rotation. OK, they're still trying to say, hey, let's get you back on the field. But we also got to know if we have something else in these young guys. K.J. Henry ends up with a Ryan Kerrigan-esque tip pass that adam brought up interception he takes that sucker to the house what do you think uh about that one adam what do you think on that one i i think i'm I'm tempering my expectation with that you know he's a slow starter you know that's where i was watching him last year you know at clemson you know he's just a you know a tick you know behind on you know some of his rushes but he's got a really you know good spin move uh in week one i i see him you know Obata and the other guys that are going to be ahead of him, probably, you know, James Smith Williams, you know, they're going to see a lot of time too. So I don't think we're going to see more than a couple snaps a game. I give him until like mid season before something like that happens. I don't think we're going to see that early on with him. Okay. All right. I was thinking maybe they'll try to catch the rookie. Um, he comes in on a second down. You try to say <laughs> chase for third down. All right. I see they bring him in on a second down. They say, Hey, let's run this screen at this young rookie. Who's going to be trying to rush with his eye, with his hair on fire. Then they run a little screen right behind him. But, oh, he's been watching film, and he's got the great Ryan Kerrigan in his ear telling them how to watch for those things and make that tip. But I do like your point, though. There are a lot of guys on the roster ahead of K.J. Henry, even though I still think that rotation is happening. I think he's going to get out there uh, for sure. Okay, here's another one. Here's another one. This one's kind of a double dipper. Uh, Quan Martin, he gets active on the play. He has a strip sack of Colt McCoy. Chase Young picks it up, scoop and score, celebration with Major Tutty in the end zone. Which one? What do you think on that one? Uh, I'm picturing the, him running it back against San Francisco his rookie year, yeah. and that I would. I think of those three scenarios. You know, obviously all of them are, are long shots, long odds at Bet Online, but that to me would would indicate that this team is legit and and has the most going for it, and it would be encouraging to see Chase Young you know, make a play and, and start a season that I think could be really special and hopefully, uh, you know, convince the commanders to lock them in long-term. So sign me up for that one. If we had to power rank those three scenarios, that would definitely be on the top. All right. Adam, what do you go? What do you think on that one? I, I think when the ownership changes, there's going to be a different level of energy. And I think, like I said, it's about the matchups. And to start off with that matchup early on, you know, Arizona, they're trying to build that offensive line. But, yeah. man, they're they're going to be in trouble early on. I truly believe it. I haven't felt this confident in a long time that they're really – I don't think Del Rio is just going to sit back and let things develop with them because, you know, it's going to be a lot of quick game, a lot of tempo. They're going to bring it. And I think that th- this is a great opportunity. You know, if it's not Chase Young, it's going to be one of these guys along the line, you know, bringing it, you know, a fumble 
recover for a touchdown. I definitely can see that happening. Yes, indeed. It's going to be could, exciting. Could be some Buckeye on Buckeye crime there. Chase Young <laughs> going up against Paris Johnson, the That's rookie. Right. Could be a nice uh, welcome to the NFL <laughs> moment for him. Welcome to the league, Rook. I mean, you got to think about it. That is not an easy matchup. You got Chase Young playing for a big bag. You got Montez Sweat playing for a lot of money as well. Oh, not to mention they may bump Deron Payne over you uh, at yeah. one point too, Paris Johnson. Well, also, I, I really think, and maybe I'm being a homer and maybe you guys can agree or not agree, but I really think that there's going to be some home field advantage now. I think there are going to be a lot of people returning. The casual fan who maybe you know, would go to a game if a buddy's got a ticket, is actually yeah. looking to buy a couple of games this year. I really think that um, for all the off-the-field nonsense that the ownership has caused in years past, I think for the yeah. first time it's going to be a positive thing and really make FedEx Field as as unglorious as it can be sometimes. It, it could actually be a bit of a home field advantage this year, and I, I think that it, it probably starts week one, like Adam's saying. Yeah, it needs to. Take off the tarps. Sell them out. Quit selling yeah. your tickets on StubHub to them fans that want to travel across the country. They want to see the Smithsonian. Then they want to go to the game on Sunday. That's right. Make them watch the game at the bar. Show yeah. up, Burgundy and go. Be be there. Cheer your team on. Make FedEx the place that it needs to be. Make it make it exciting. You know, I'm tired of hearing other teams chant in that in that stadium. So I want to make sure that the Burgundy and Gold is represented well. Oh man, that was a good one. Defensive, yeah. defensive focus. I can tell you this, man. Let's let's finish with this one real quick. You got like 15 seconds. What do you think about this defense? What do you see them doing in 2023? We'll start out with our guest, Adam and Eve. What do you got? Three, two, one, and go. I really think this is a top 10 defense. And I think with the additions in the backfield, that's going to bring it from the turnover margin from rank 28 to, you know, that 15 range. And I think Forbes, Martin, just the opportunities that they're going to have with that front four, that front four or five. I, I think, you know, it's not out of the range to say they're definitely going to be a top 10 defense. And I think if a lot of things go right, you know, we could see a top five defense on our hand. I really have that much confidence in this defense right now. I like it. I'd love to hear that. Brian Murphy, what do you have? What are your thoughts? about this yeah. defense coming in this season. Yeah, I think they're definitely flirting top 10, if not in there. And I think the turnovers are going to be absolutely key. Um, I'd be willing to trade a couple of sacks for, you know, a handful of more picks and game-changing plays, which I think sure. could be the MO. But then then you throw in a motivated Montez Sweat and Chase Young, you never know. They could actually burst into the potential. I think regardless, I think it's like we've been talking about, there are so many different ways that this defense could go, and I think they're all pretty positive. So I, I think that they're going to – it's something that you and I talked a lot about, Anthony, is they're going to dictate uh, what some offenses do for the first time instead of set, sitting back and letting the game come to them. And that's going to be key, and I think it's going to be worth a couple of wins. I think the defense will carry them, especially with a young quarterback. I love it. I love to hear that as well. Uh, the word for me is, and you mentioned it, Brian, is turnovers. Turnovers. And the second word would be prove it. Right, you want to be top ten, in which where both of these gentlemen think you could be, and I think that they have that talent as well to get into that top ten ranking. But it really going to come down to what the front five do, getting pressure, and if the back end can make them pay for it. Okay, and they got to feed each other because if the back end is going to lock people up, now you get coverage sacks. Yeah. Uh, but if the pass rush is dangerous, then you get quick interceptions on the short game. So those two teams, those two sides have to be linked up to make this defense really rise up to where it needs to be in the rankings and and dictate. Uh, what offenses do and, and really take over this NFC East. So uh, all in all, I'm excited for this defense. There's a lot to be excited for, uh, Commanders fans. So make sure you guys are tuning in and stick with us 
All right, stick with us on all your favorite streaming platforms. Okay, make sure you check us out on TuneIn Radio. We're on Watch Stadium, SiriusXM. We're also on Believe TV. So there's some streaming television stations that you can go ahead and get us access to as well. And Adam, tell them where they can find you. I know you got some good write-ups, and you're always providing good content before, during, and after the season. Yeah, always appreciate it. You know, you can find me at theburgundyandgotoport.com. You know, I have the stories, you know, stuff we talk about, you know, defensive matchups, you know, projected lineups. But, you know, I'm still going through, you know, some of the undrafted guys just dropped another one, you know, an undrafted guy uh, that, we, that we got from Ole Miss. Uh, so check that out, uh, theburgundyandgotoport.com. Uh, I, I love to do it. You know, I put all of it out, you know, all the film watching I do uh, from all the training I got and, you know, reach out to guys like Doc Walker, you know, mm-hmm. talk to Anthony, any, anybody else, you know, I can pick their ears, you know, uh, find out about the Washington uh, commander. So, yeah, check me out, the Burgundy and go to port.com on Twitter, the BNG report. Love it. Thank you, and, sir. And you Appreciate can find it. us on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, TikTok. And uh, we're, we're always trying to pump up Adam's stuff and he pumps our stuff up too. So be sure to check all of that out on our social medias as well. So Adam, thanks for joining us, man. It's always fun uh, getting to talk to you and, and fun talking to another fan who knows their stuff. Yes, it is. We really get to break it down, dig deep. And it also you got all the draft stuff. He focuses on undrafted guys, smaller school guys. So all those lesser named, lesser named talent. If you got one out there that needs to get some attention, holler at Adam, have Adam break down the film. He'll do a write up on him. And make sure you guys also slide on over there to bet online. If you haven't already, use our code BLEAV. Get that 50% welcome bonus on that first. I said the first deposit. I think that you could pick that over uh, on that six and a half games because there's some room for improvement for this commander's team and they're making a step in the right direction. But we appreciate you guys sticking with us for another episode of Believe in Commanders. For Brian Murphy, Adam and Eva, I'm Anthony Armstrong. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Stay out of trouble. Be good. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.